0: Welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 59. This week, my lovely guest is NJ Simmons. She's a multi-author. She writes across many genres, but she'll be telling us, amongst other things, about her new book, a thriller called Good Girls Die Last, which is pretty interesting stuff and it's doing really well, so good stuff. So stick around for the interview section. So, at my desk this week, well, I've been pretty busy. I've been trying to get on with writing. So, as you know, I am trying to get the Midwich 2, book 2 of the Midwich series, out um, before Christmas. And my schedule was that I would have it finished before September in order to give me a whole month in order to do my own editing before I gave it to my editor in October. And I must admit, have I finished it? No. Is it nearly finished? Yes. But I'm kind of... Mm, I. I It's been it's been quite tricky. I've got a little bit behind what with one thing and another. And um, yeah, sometimes it's really hard to stick to it. I try and write a thousand words a day. I could really do with writing two thousand a day. And some days I do, you know, absolutely loads, you know, especially if I'm on my own and I can get into flow. But anyway, it's ticking along. I'm nearly there and I'm hoping to get it finished, you know, within the next, definitely within next week, if I possibly, possibly can, all things being equal. Uh, so what on earth have I been doing? Well, marketing, mostly, I must confess. Uh, the Midwich One is doing very, very well, despite only having those first very small amount of reviews, despite my 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 battle with the ARC readers that didn't come up with the goods. Um, but anyway, I've done very nicely. More reviews have come in. It's selling quite nicely. And um, I was very thrilled to see it this week. It turned up on the um, Amazon's hot new release page. Uh, which is very exciting for me and uh, and I'm thirty five ranked thirty five I, I know as I record this today um in the the category um women's fantasy fiction. so thirty five in that and and there's a little hot hot new release slider thing or you know on that first web page, and I'm also um'm below the hundred mark on the other two categories that I'm in for the ebook. So I'm very excited to be up there and doing it. So yes, I've been marketing quite quite heavily. I've been, you know, really pressing on with the um the ads. At the moment I'm not running any Amazon ads, but I I'm, I'm planning to start that um next week uh, because I do think uh it has to be done. <laughs> uh but I'm running two Facebook ads, one in America and one in the UK. And uh, they seem to be coming up with the uh, you know, doing what they should and they're doing quite nicely. And uh, I'm quite happy with the facebook ads i think facebook ads are quite nice to do because you can do your own kind of ad copy and you feel like you can do a bit of creative stuff to it and i made some nice little um you know little adverts you know pictures images that's the word i'm looking for images for those ads and i quite like it i quite like how they look and i think they you know they seem to be selling the book quite well as it is so yeah so i've been busy with the marketing obviously so i'm doing the running the ads and uh, keeping an eye on those and um Obviously, you know, I'm well in there on the social media, putting up the TikToks um, and, you know, and posting, you know, regularly through the day, which, of course, takes time. But, you know, it is does seem to be working and, uh, you know, watch this space. Let's hope I can uh, push it on to the next level and uh, actually, you know, get to the point where you're actually selling some books and um, actually making some money, not just selling some books and paying for advertising, which is pretty much what I'm doing at the moment. So that's all well and good. Yeah, so happy days. So that's me doing doing that. And um, it's surprising how long things take to do. You know, I'm, like yesterday, I made uh, some new sort of images and things. I'm using book brush, actually. Now, I can use Facebook. Not Facebook, what am I talking about? I can use um, Photoshop well. You know, I do all my own book covers. I'm really artistic. I can draw. I can do all that kind of graphic art stuff. But... It, and, I, and I've kind of avoided the book brush thing because I kind of thought, oh, well, I know I've got the Facebook, I can do all that. Well, I, I can do all that and I'm not even a bad photographer. You know, I, I can photograph flat lays and all that kind of thing. But to be honest, it just comes down to time in the end. And uh, when I went into the book brush again, I saw that they, it's, you know, it really has come on since I first looked at it many years ago. I think I've spoken about this before. But anyway, I'm using the book brush and uh, it, you know it really is good it's very very easy to use they, they've got pretty much any image that you could possibly want to be honest and and um, I'm just going to wait and see if they keep adding to the images so that as you kind of used up you know a, a sort of a section of images that you like where the new ones will come on and I'm sure they will um, so yeah so I've been sort of in there making you know my nice stuff to go up onto the TikTok and the you know, Instagram pages and all that kind of thing, because it just makes it look a bit prettier and, and, you know, more appealing. And that's what you're always trying to do, you know, as, as a seller of books, which is pretty much what you are, um, you know, in that marketing groove, you're you're trying to, you know, catch somebody's eye, you know. So there we are. So, so that's good. So I've been busy doing that and it takes quite a long time. I mean, I fiddled about all day yesterday, even having said that, you know, book brushes really quick. You know, I wanted to do one of these slider things on TikTok, which are sort of image only or photograph only things where, where you kind of have a picture with some words on top and then and then you slide across for the next picture with the words on top. And the ones that seem to do well are the ones that have like 10, 10 or more images with the words going through, kind of telling a little bit of a story or telling the, the blurb of the book, if you like. And I kind of felt that this was the way forward and I needed to get on and do that. I mean, the nice thing about the TikTok thing is I think you can repost things quite a lot, uh, you know, repurpose it and, you know, put it on again and again if you want to. Um, So I, it's not like, you know, some other social medias, I kind of feel once you put something out there. know you could repeat it a couple of weeks later but i wouldn't i wouldn't do it again the next day but i would with tiktok i wouldn't really worry about it but anyway that's another story and so anyway i got that on there but having said that you know it did do quite well and i've you know i've got all those images now that i can either use individually or i can use them you know for um you know for that actual tiktok that i made it for so happy days and, uh, and I did get some writing done as well, actually, yesterday, only because I kind of made myself push on, you know, even at the end of the day when I really had enough, to be quite honest, but that's that. Anyway, so that's me. Um, busy, busy, busy. And um, yeah, happy days. So come and meet NJ Simmons, a fascinating person. I know you're going to love her. On the Words and Pictures podcast this week, my guest is Natalie Simmons. Now, she's a multi-genre author. She lives in London, but she's talking to me today from Spain. And her latest book, Good Girls Die Last is a feminist thriller. It's out now. It's also being made into a TV show. So I'm really excited to talk to you, Natalie. I don't really know where to begin. Um, Oh, I I mean, I want to talk to you about the multi-genre stuff, but let's start with with your book, The Good Girls Die Last. What makes it a feminist thriller, Natalie?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess what makes it a feminist thriller is that everything I write inadvertently becomes feminist just because I've written it, I suppose. Yeah, me but, too. Um, the most yeah. Can't help that. But the uh, the most important thing about it is that it I was very inspired by the Sarah, uh, Sarah Everard murders and the riots. Well, it wasn't a riot, was it? It was a peaceful vigil that turned into an absolute chaotic mess. And I, I was very inspired during that summer after uh, that had happened. Um, I think a lot of women at the time were very angry, felt very hopeless and stressed. And um, I am a Londoner, but I actually live in the Netherlands now, so I've lived in four countries. I move around a lot. And um, and London's always been a part of me. And I started to think, like, uh, I was very inspired as well by the movie Falling Down. And I thought to myself, well, what would happen if that movie was made, but from a woman's point of view? Because quite frankly, every single day there's something that's going to make me snap. I always wonder which straw that breaks a back is is going to be the one that sends me over the edge. So I came up with the concept of um, a woman that's having the worst day ever in London during a heat wave. Uh, But there's also a serial killer on the loose. And what makes it feminist is that it focuses very much on the struggles that women have on a very basic day-to-day level. You know, we're not all being sexually abused every minute of the day. It's it's little things from the clothes we wear to the microaggressions that we're faced on a daily basis. It's not man-hating. It's it's not men are the enemy. It's much more, we've got it a bit hard. Let's all try and uh, empathize from our point of view. And yet she snaps. So halfway through the book, she does something very drastic that's going to change the face of history, really. And that's what makes it feminist um it's about one woman's struggle but really it's about all our struggles
0: yeah and I think I think men don't realize I mean I think many men realize but they don't realize on the like you said the very day-to-day things that we face as a woman now I'm, a, I'm an old woman you're looking at me I'm nearly 60 um and yet I my husband was sorting out some um we needed some guys to come in and do some building work for us and uh, and then he and then he announced, "Oh, I'm going to be away that week because he he rides a motorbike, and men that ride motorbikes <laughs> go off and leave you to get on with your writing." But that's another story. And he was sort of, and I said, "Um, well, I can't have them here when I when you're away." And he sort of looked at me like he said, "Oh no, you're right." And and it's really weird that even now at my age, that I still feel unsafe to have a guy that I don't know coming to the house you know if it was the plumber yeah. that we if the plumber the plumber that i've always known or the electrician that we know or something like that, because it was different guys i thought no you can't be here when i'm here on my own i'm too vulnerable and it, and it's yeah. and, uh, and that's it's just normal isn't it that's normal normal life for us
1: and i have two daughters they're 12 and 14 and and uh, my husband said just the other day actually my 14 year old's beginning to you know she's she's that in between stage of being a child and an and a woman and my husband said that man just looked at her And that man who's in his 50s just looked at her, but really blatantly and in front of me. And I said, and he said, but aren't you upset and angry? And I said, I was waiting for it, it's inevitable. And I said, it'll be worse. There'll be worse things than that. And he got—he seemed genuinely surprised and shocked and disgusted. And I was like, oh, like I still get checked out. Of course I expect my daughter to start getting checked out and we just have to live with it every day. And there's those tiny little things. And there's a scene where Em is about to start her period and she can't find a toilet. And it, it just just one very simple thing on her journey, and she can't find somewhere to pee. And if it was any guy, he'd just find a street corner, right? Yeah, yeah. And she can't yeah. do that. So these tiny little things—the clothes that she's wearing, the shoes that she's wearing, the fact that you know she's in discomfort the whole time. So um, yeah, I read, and and that's what seems to have resonated with my readers. They felt very seen, and that's important for me for all my books.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a good thing. And I think there's a lot more writers. I'm just writing um paranormal women's fiction, which is, you know, got a paranormal element in it. And uh, but it has an older woman in it. And I'm sort of obviously talking about older woman's problems and and the yeah. menopause and those kinds of things. And obviously, I've, I've hung it all in a lot of humour. But what I'm saying amongst the humour is bloody true you know and a lot of people are having a laugh about it but they're also going oh my god I did that that happened to me you know like you like
1: you say and I'm I'm in the same camp I'm 45 in a couple of months and uh my next you know my next book uh, features very much you know what it's like for a woman in her late 40s on the kind of precipice of of menopause and and how different it is but it's just same crap, but just different.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, just more crap, really, to be quite more honest. More crap, just a different back.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it sounds brilliant. And how exciting that it's going to get made into a, into a is it going to be like a TV, like a mini series or?
1: Yeah, well, fingers crossed. These things take a long time and nothing's ever guaranteed, but it was optioned by STV, which is huge because they're Scotland's ITV. Uh, but that doesn't mean it'll appear specifically on that channel brilliant team, all female production team. And we are looking, hopefully, to have uh, all female writers, uh, directors, I'd be an executive uh, producer, um, if it goes ahead. And the plan would be um, a series, a TV series, which could run and run in theory. The story could continue beyond uh, the page. But um, we're at the stage now where where we're looking, well, we're talking <laughs> to uh, writers that are going to adapt it, but these things take a long time. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed, it happens. But I'm, it's for me, I'm, I can't even, I can't even get excited about it because I, I'm, I don't allow myself to get my hopes up <laughs> because this industry, like things happened yeah, and, and yeah it's it, I think
0: it is but, but I think you should still be really proud that it's being optioned oh yeah because that's that's a very big deal I mean you know well done oh it's, it's, it's
1: what dream is made of and it's my yeah. it's my debut thriller it's not my first book I've published four paranormal Notes. romance, written and, yeah and then and, and three traditional fantasies but it's my first thriller and it's my first one with an agent and with a big publisher and yeah it was um optioned Six months before it came out. So that was a huge coup, really, yeah. really over the. And they're wonderful women. They came to my launch party. We've had lunch and really down to earth. And I'm excited. I really hope it goes all the way because. It's, it's going to be really fun to do yeah
0: that would be great It'd be really, really nice to see it and also I think you know it sounds like you feel like these women get you, you it's not being produced by yeah. people that don't understand what it is you're trying to say you know within the within the story and the, the the interest of the drama and the humor and the things that you write about but you also you also want you have your point across as well you know yeah
1: exactly yeah I mean, absolutely and then- yeah, and they and they got the humour in it, and I think women tend to do that. You know, I'm writing some really harrowing stuff, but this it's funny in places, and I think it has to be. I didn't want a book that anyone found depressing, or you know, <laughs> like life's hard enough as it is for everybody at the moment. I want them, I wanted to be some light amongst that darkness, and they got that. And I love that they were all based in London, so actually, where the book is set on the Strand, that's where their offices are. So they were able to imagine the whole uh, the whole scene and oh, it'll be beyond a dream come true if it all goes ahead. And part of it's set in Ronda in Spain. And um, I've lived in the South of Spain for a while. I'm, I'm here at the moment, I've got a house here that I'm here every summer. And uh, Ronda's just an hour up the road and the idea of being able to be on location and film some of it here, that'll just be very exciting.
0: Yeah, sounds brilliant. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you. I hope it all happens, I'm sure it will. Really good. Um. Can I can I just ask you about being a multi-author? Because you're you're you've written under lots of different genres, which I like because I also write for children and I write them paranormal thing yeah. and I write fantasy, you know. And sometimes you get, you know, a lot of people, you know, they say, Oh, you've got to brand yourself and just be this one thing. But you know, it looks like you're managing to do it all, and I think I can too. What do you yeah. think, sir? What what draws you um to to write under the different genres and how do you make it how do you make it work for you?
1: just get bored really easily yes. just, <laughs> exactly. that's it we'll just close the podcast now we get bored really yeah, easily. Yeah, just get bored. And, I, yeah. and I write yeah. as if my readers are going to get bored at every minute I think that's why my books are a bit page tannery but I don't like the idea of getting through life and getting to the end of life and not having had a go at everything I want to do and sadly or brilliantly I want to do everything so um, I wrote my fantasy trilogy first. I then, uh, with a good friend of mine, Jackie Sylvester, we co-wrote our paranormal. She came to me and she said, do you want to write this kind con- of sexy, uh, bisexual witch? And it's all, she meets all the different paranormal. She's an investigative reporter, but it's set in different European cities. She's lived all around the world. So have I, we speak a number of languages. We're like, wow, no one's done that, fantastic. Let's do paranormal romance. That's not set in a tiny American town, you know. Yes, and yeah, yeah. have a go at that. And I've also been co-writing with um, another friend of mine, Anna Waterworth, and she um, that those books haven't got anywhere yet, but we've written two really good middle grades and fantasy again. Love them, hoping they'll go somewhere in the future. And um, yeah, I just want to have a go. I, I read so many different genres. I couldn't stand the idea of just writing the one. But with the thrillers, I actually get to write about some serious subjects, um, and they're all very strong female character-led, quite feminist kind of theories. Um, so I've got to kind of package them up with a couple of murders thrown in.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's it's great to you know, like you say, read a lot of different genres and and um, and write a lot as well. It's it's always fascinating. And also, I think. When you come to your desk as a writer, I don't want to think, oh, I want to go write. Here we go. You know, yeah. that's if I'm not feeling like that, then then write something else because your reader's going to be bored, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And that's another thing. Um, I mean, I'm not diagnosed as ADHD, but my daughter is, and she's also dyslexic. So I'm it clearly comes from a I come from a very neurodiverse family in uh, now now that I actually understand about it. A, a long line of artists on my father's side as well, um, painters and stuff. And um, I can't do just one thing all day. So at the moment, I am in the middle of writing three books. So mm-hmm. I'm writing on thrillers. I'm still working on a fantasy. The next book as well, in Arcadis Knight series. So when I procrastinate, I'm actually procrastinating while working on something else. So I get a lot yes. done. By yeah, just skipping I just skip from one thing to another.
0: Yeah. And I think that's quite a good thing about being an author is there's always many things to do you know and and although you're a traditionally published author and i'm an independent author there's there's a lot of author jobs that are you know you can get on with something else you know or write a different write the other stuff yeah yeah so you're also doing that but you're also um because you've been obviously been around quite a long time because you've got quite a big stable there of books um and you're also doing some uh, writing coaches and, you know, general coaching for other writers, other authors, and uh, speaking in schools and colleges and things. So that's quite nice that you're sharing your your knowledge, you know,
1: across yeah. the
0: across This the is, thing. It's
1: really important to me. I mean, I haven't really been around for that long because actually all the books that are out now under my different guises have only been out since 2019, so most like four years, I feel like in the last four or five years, I've really understood the industry and that's both, you know, indie self-published and trad. But the one thing I absolutely abhor in the industry is if you're doing well or you know something, the idea of keeping it to yourself, I, I just don't think that's good. I don't think it's good karma. I don't think it's a moral thing to do. I think publishing is difficult enough as it is. And I genuinely believe that the wider your circle and the more networking you do and the more you share, the, you know, the, the, the wider your reach is. And, um, and I love working with Rain Dance Film School. Uh, well, Rain Dance Film Festival is the same as Cannes, but, you know, London-based uh, independent film awards and, um, and all of that. It's all run by Elliot Grove. He's fantastic. And when I met him, he wanted me to teach his screenwriters all about self-branding for creatives. I've also taught about pitching. So uh, we call it uh, like hook to book or like uh, pitching, uh, understanding how to um, get your marketing angle before you start writing, which applies to television and film as well. Um, And then I go into schools as well. I've got my own column at King's College London's uh, Inspire the Mind magazine, which is all about mental health and creativity. And again, I get bored easily and I love the fact that I can dip into all of these things um, I uh, go to schools, I fly over to London often and uh, talk at schools and in the Netherlands and I've done a few in Spain um, and there's absolutely nothing I love more than just inspiring people and then coming back to me a few years later saying I wrote that book and you, know, you said yeah. this and it really helped me yeah. and that's yeah. why I do it, I mean I us do this because it makes us overnight millionaires but um, it's just the magic of telling a story and, and connecting with people. Yeah. So, yeah, I love all of that. And then with with uh, Jackie, with Arcadis Night uh, series, we've actually um, opened an online school, Arcadis Night Romance Academy. A romance school where we our plan is to create um, classes that you can just buy. You don't have to attend or book or anything, you just buy them. They're not even that expensive, um, like fifty dollars or something. We've put so much work into them. And the first one that we've launched is whether or not you should be a self-published writer, not how to be a writer, because there's plenty of there, but should you bother? The realities of it, how expensive is it? What do you need to know? What does it actually entail to save you time and money when you're mm-hmm. <laughs> down the line? Um, so that's the first one. And we're also planning on, ri- on writing one on how to, sorry, on uh, creating a course on how to write sex scenes, which a lot of people struggle with, but we really enjoy. And we do them together, which is bizarre yeah. to a lot of people, yeah. but, but it's a lot of fun. Um and yeah, and we've got lots and lots of ideas. So for me, sharing is such a huge part of this journey, definitely.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too. And and I think I've found um because I've always been um independently published, uh, but I've always found that the the you know there's a lot of people out there that are very happy to share share their knowledge. And um, you know, me included, I you know, I I, I don't think I'm I'm a, i don't think i have a, a massive amount of knowledge but i i quite often know more than a few people that you meet along the way and it's 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 fine just to share share it along there's there's room for everybody i think i don't think the I think the old mindset of oh you know I'm successful and if you're successful as well there's not room for me I don't think that's true I think there's enough there's enough readers for everybody everybody is your reader everybody you know if you help everybody along it just makes it all okay I think yeah Yeah.
1: and we're not selling cars here this is a thing, and, I, and I've explained this to people that don't work in the industry. I said, if somebody buys my book, it doesn't mean they're not going to buy another book. You know, if I'm selling a car, which incidentally I've worked in sales, I have actually sold cars. If you sell a car, the chances are someone's only out to buy one car, right? But If you sell a book and you tell them that your book is very similar to X, Y, Z, they're going to go out and buy four books. Mm. If they love your book, they'll love somebody else's book. And if you reach out to other authors and you say, hey, our books are quite similar, it doesn't mean we're competition. It means that we share the same readers. Like, what do you, let, let me tap into your readers. You can tap into mine. Let's put something on each other's newsletters. Let's do an event together. I've done that with a lot of friends. It's much more fun than doing things alone. And you bring double the audience in. Mm. Um, and so collaboration for me is key and and genuine collaboration, not just so that you get something in return. Yeah, it's really important.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's, a, I think it's a good, a good mindset to have. And I think it, it definitely makes the world go around. Definitely. Um, Social media, then, Natalie, what's your favourite social media? What do you think works for
1: you? Twitter until it became not Twitter anymore. And what is happening those- to Twitter? I know. my kids said to me, what what is that app? What's that big black X on your phone? And I was like, I know, it looks like I'm doing crypto or pornography or something, but no, it's still Twitter. Um, I did manage to get a really good following, or I do have a good following on Twitter. It's my highest out of all of them, 20,000 people. But now with the algorithms and the changes, I don't know. But I love Twitter because it's instant, it's fast, gets to the point, and you meet a lot of people in the industry. And I would say 90% of my contacts and friends I've met through Twitter. I had my launch party in June and it was so amazing to actually get to meet all these friends that I've had for years, face-to-face. They all came, they're all real people. Um, So for me, I love Twitter, but now I'm spending a bit more time on Facebook and on Instagram and having a go at TikTok because there's audiences there and people are moving over. Um, I can't get threads. I wanted to get Twitter threads because that's very, sorry, Instagram threads. Because it's very similar to Twitter, but apparently there's EU legislation, so I can't get it outside of the UK. Oh, well, that's Yeah, yeah. So I'm missing out on that, and I haven't had an invite for Blue Skies. I don't know. I'm getting too old to keep up with them all, but I do think this Twitter's still valid, and Instagram and TikTok seem to do really well with a certain demographic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's it's interesting because um, I I find I've been on Twitter forever, and and. So I find it very hard to go. Oh well, they're messing it up. I'm gonna because I just think well, yeah. you know, that's still my biggest account. And like you say, it, I have I do make a lot of connections, especially for the podcast. To be honest, you know, if I want to reach out to a, to an author, it's generally quite quick to do it across the Twitter thing. Uh, in order yeah. to you know, and you they can get back to you, and you can you know press on and do
1: whatever. Um, I've been and on- journalists and editors, and I've been a i have been I mean I've yeah. been viral a few times on Twitter, and then had journalists contact me and it's resulted in articles i've written for newspapers that doesn't happen anywhere else no yet
0: yeah 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 it is interesting i think yeah and, and like you say there's a slightly different demographic on there are old women on there but they're quite hard to find i find on tiktok um so yeah. I, think, I think that's that's a, an interesting thing there's a lot of young really delightful young faces but you know I don't know whether they're yeah. particularly my reader but I stick something on there just for fun you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah I think I mean I know that they, we need to work much more on TikTok because of Arcadis Night stuff because it's kind of fun, funny, smutty, paranormal stuff I know it's going to be really popular on there we just need to get a bite. Yeah. Um, and same with Girls Die Last it's so fiery and feminist I know it would get a really strong following. I just need to get my face on there a bit more or at least get an influencer <laughs> that wants to shout about them. That'd be better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we'd all like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's it's. yeah. I I. Well, I quite like doing the videos and mucking about on there. It's very absorbing place. TikTok, I find. Um, yeah. Um, does it make a big difference? I'm I'm not too sure that it makes a big difference to me, but I think. I think if I concentrated on it a lot more, it would do. And probably the same for you. I think you have to, I think you have to, you get more from it the more you put into it. But I think that's a bit like everything. Trouble is time. That's the trouble. I'll Um, find myself watching
1: 2,000 videos and an hour has gone by and I could have written a chapter in that time and I'm just watching people do silly dances. So I have to kind of work myself up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very true. And I think that's the thing with all of this writing life is, mean you know, you've got young children so you know how, how what do you do with your writing do you prioritize that in the day do you go right I'm having the first two hours on writing
1: or do you just try and slot it in when you can well now that we, well, we've lived in the Netherlands now for seven years and I have to say as far as it comes well when it comes to autonomy and independence is one of the best countries to raise your children mm. they wake up on their own they make their own breakfast they cycle to school on their own they come home on their own. I don't really do a lot of parenting, I'll be completely honest. So, when people say to me, Oh, how'd you do it? And you're a mum as well, I was like, I don't think I'm mothering as much as the average mum does. Because other than dinner and spending time with them in the evening and helping with her homework, I really do have from eight in the morning until three or four in the afternoon, I have an empty house. Yeah. And my husband's either upstairs working or in the office, the kids are at school. I have zero excuse to not get my ass in gear it's basically a nine to five day that i have and they also leave me alone on weekends and evenings if i ask them to they're really good kids um then we have quality times on the weekends but i'm not ferrying them around to after school clubs i'm not you know getting up early to make their packed lunch none of that i didn't raise them that way because i knew that i wasn't going to be a full-time mom for the rest of my life Oh,
0: so, so, do you think this is going to be your non-fiction book, then, Natalie? How to how to raise your kids to be independent sounds
1: really good. <laughs> well, it's like, actually so many people ask me about like, well, your kids are so independent and they're so confident and they love it. You know, they resent it and they do the housework. And maybe I should actually, maybe I should. I was thinking of writing one about how to um, how to raise creative children, but maybe I should just like how to raise children that raise themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think raise the children creative, creative and. You know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Independence. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's a, really it's a good yeah. it's a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, and this is my feminist side. I mean, they see their mother achieving. They yes. see their father. Achieving, yes. But they see me. I have a dream. I have ambition. I make money. I do lots of different things. Sometimes I go to London on a work trip. And they know I'm working and they respect that. and I want them to see that and know that, yeah, I can be a good mum. and I do sit there doing Pinterest projects with them and painting. We spent the whole summer painting stones and, you know, watching movies together and doing all these lovely things that you know good mums do. But at the same time, if I say girls leave me alone for a couple of hours like I've just done now and locked myself in a room to do this podcast, they respect that. And hopefully yeah. in the future know that they can they can have that. They can have it all, maybe not not all at the same time, but all of it eventually.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think it's good, and I think it's very important for for your children to see you, um, whether they're boys or girls. In fact, to see you yeah. achieving and see you not just as this dog's body, bit like our own mothers were that just faffed about, and were well, not faffed, but they they worked very hard, but they but they just put their whole life and their whole personality into their families and didn't really uh, save anything back for themselves. And and I think yeah, well, my mother didn't
1: yeah <laughs> my mother didn't at all she she's uh yeah she she lived abroad like I've done and she was kind of self-taught and ended up being a, a, a English teacher for, as a foreign language she struggles with her MS and you know she's in her 70s with MS and she's still out there volunteering and helping young children read and and working and and I've had that my whole life so i I struggled actually when I gave up work and uh, to raise my children. I felt like a failure because I was just a stay at home mom. <laughs> Whereas other women, you know, don't want to work because they they love being at home with their children, each to their own. And then thank God we've got a choice, or at least we should have a choice. But um yeah, I could, it wasn't enough for me to just be a mum. I had to yeah. have more in my
0: Yeah. And I think it's I think it's all right to to have, you know, whatever it is that you that you're looking for. Oh, interesting stuff right so i'm always ask everybody about their book covers um natalie as you probably know uh, how did how did i like this book cover on on the good girls die last did you have much say in it did you did you get to see because who who's publishing you
1: headlines so Headline. i'm published by which are absolutely fantastic toby my editor i adore he's brilliant he's just so supportive and the publishing everyone the whole team my my agent everyone and you know i've been quite lucky because even with my nj simmons books which were with smaller independent publishers and um i've generally had a say with the cover and i've never liked the first one but i was very nervous with this one because i thought oh my god he's so lovely and everyone's lovely and what if i hate it and they mm. asked me if i had any inspirational ideas and my background's marketing i've worked most of my life as a marketing consultant or branding and i was like mm. Funnily enough, I have a whole presentation of exactly what I had in mind. And I did have um, mood boards and, and you know, Pinterest boards and everything and I sent it to them. And that cover was the first cover they sent and it was spot on. It was exactly as i had imagined and I was so relieved. All I think like the only thing I said was, well, let's make it a bit more fiery because it's during a heat wave. So they, they made it a bit more orange. Um, and yeah, my editor said he'd gone through a hundred different faces to find the face of M to get yeah. that kind of that woman that looks part Spanish, that looks fiery and annoyed and 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 strong, and weirdly enough, when the book came out um, a few months ago, I got a message on Instagram from a woman saying, "Hi, I'm the model on your front cover," and I oh, said, "How no. funny." yeah and uh, yeah. it's not you know, it's not you know she's a photographer for fun a mum like me who does photography for fun and happened to sell a self portrait to uh to one of the kind of stock like
0: images yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And she was like i'm so excited to see you know she's bought a copy of my book and it was really lovely to hear from her she's appeared on um, john mars one of john mars's books as well actually so it's not her first um so that was yeah, that was brilliant, and uh, and they changed it a tiny bit for the paperback that's out in twenty eighth of December, and they added it, they added more orange, and they made the writing bright turquoise because the paperbacks are always slightly less serious; they're more mm-hmm. kind of beach looking. Aren't they more eye catching? And I love that just as much. So yeah, I was over the moon that they kept my title. So far, I've never had a title change. So yeah, put that down to my mom skills and um and uh yeah my covers i've never hated them so that's good yeah well that's good that, that looks really nice but it does it is a striking cover it's good
0: uh and, mm-hmm. and um and so when the cover was what drew me to ask you onto the podcast so you know that that's that's you know it it's it stands out among you know um among a sea of many others which is what you needed to do and it's uh, fascinating to meet the <laughs> to meet the girl to you know to know the girl who was on the cover and, and yeah. I think the the half the trouble with doing uh, any of that artwork is just finding the right image. Silly question. What's on your desk? Do you have anything strange that you always keep on your desk or is it full of weird things like mine? I'm not
1: at my normal desk now, but what I normally have on my desk is um, I have a whole collection because I like to paint and draw for fun. So I have a big collection of my paintings all like stuck up and, and lots of cards. So I, every time I receive a card from a friend or a reader or something, I have them all on my note. On, on the noteboard. And I also have things that my children have made me. I have two little tiny clay figurines of my cats on the windowsill, and uh, drawings and paintings my kids have done. So, positive things.
0: Positive things I yes guess. absolutely yeah. and, I, and I, I'm I, guessing but I mean guessing from what I don't know just because you Natalie sat here with a nice tidy bookcase behind her and a, and okay. a bit of a bit of an orchid and a lamp and it all looks <laughs> very very smart and tidy but but uh, as does I look fairly tidy I mean, you can sort of see my dog asleep behind me, Um, but the, <laughs> but the room that you can't see, and I think I've said this before, the rest of it is like chaos and weird things and skulls and books yeah. and bits and pieces. So um, are you tidy? Is it a tidy desk? Is it like,
1: you know- I, I am fanatically tidy. Are you? Yes. I'm, yeah, because I think again, I think it's a control thing. I'm incredibly organized and tidy because I can't function if there's weird noises, a draft too hot too cold too much mess like I'm easily distracted yeah me too. so I'm yeah. very very tidy my books are all in color not these ones because this isn't where I live but um, they're normally in color order
0: really
1: that's <laughs> so long fun but tidy and um, and yeah and again I've raised my kids to be very tidy I've not stepped foot in their room for five years and my eldest even has her own cleaning equipment in her bedroom so yeah It's very, very organized. And I do think, I actually went viral on how to keep a tidy house, which the Daily Mail picked up for some horrible reason. I wouldn't have gone to them, that's for sure, but they wrote about it. Um, (laughs) Because a lot of authors say like, how do I, I can't manage to keep on top of my house. And I think the secret is don't make a mess in the first place. Mm. So my kids always laugh because I spend my whole life shouting, get a plate, crumbs, don't eat in your room, don't do this, you know, because I think if you don't make a mess, then you don't have to clean very often.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's just just being ongoing organised, isn't it, I think? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so we have cloths in in the bathroom. There's a cloth, so if you splash water, you clean it. And then I don't have to go in in the bathroom at the end of the day, you know, like these little things. So, yeah, I am very, very tidy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, probably how how it keeps it. I'm I'm kind of tidy to a point, although looking at my surroundings now, uh, is it that tidy? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a happy chaos, but I can't. It gets to a point, and then I will like have a bit of a clean up, and a bit of a tidy up, and sort out the notebooks and get it all together again. But uh, but the rest of the house is quite tidy. I I couldn't, I can't yeah. be. It, I hope I my house
1: is tidy. I yeah. hope people feel at home. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to live in an, a steer, you know steer no. house where people feel yeah. comfortable. I've got cushions and paintings and knickknacks. You know,
0: yeah,
1: I, it's it's warm. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just use coasters. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and I like it to be. um, I have a dear friend, she's very nice, but her house is kind of clinical. It's it's all beautifully white and very modern. But I'm like, I crave books and newspapers and something to jot something down on. I want a pen pot and a, you know, a pen pot and I don't know, biscuit barrel. Yeah, I have bookshelves in
1: every single room except the toilet. Actually, no, the toilets have all our travel books in. Yeah. So, um, yes, there's books in every room and paintings. My grandfather was a painter, my dad paints, I paint, so there's like lots of art everywhere.
0: So, did you do the manga, the manga book? Because somebody no, else, no, that? It, no.
1: no, 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 not an illustrator. That was a fantastic artist that was Cause they look great. Yeah, episode. oh, it was, you know, it was so much fun to see my kid's story come to life, and he was, yeah, he was really, really good. And then the company went under, so we never continued the series, which was a shame, but. You know, got a couple out there, and, some, and it was nice for my kids to get to read something I'd written.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah, great fun. Yeah, great fun. And I, I can't draw manga either; it's not my thing. But I like to see it. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think they've they've having quite a big um come uh, well not a comeback but they've they've become more popular and more on uh, everyday. People's um reading lists, you know, the, the yeah. illustrated book, if you like, or the, the graphic or novels are huge now. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I have mean, a friend of mine, Louis Stoll. She's written a very successful series about Loki, and you know, up until then we had um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and he's run and run and run with that series. And it's just really refreshing to see a whole new surge of other graphic novels, so kids can read other things, and, and um, especially young boys as well. I, it's nice to see them. Yeah, getting to to read lots of different books because I think a lot of them are, with, are written for, for young girls and I like to see lots of things for boys as well yeah brilliant that's sounding sexist but yeah we want to get more young lads reading I think.
0: yeah get everybody reading that's what it's all about brilliant okay so we're nearly out of time um Natalie Simmons um where can people find you online
1: uh, you can find me at njsimmons.com, and that's got everything from my lectures to links to Kadis Night to social media and all my books. Um, You can find me on Twitter as njsimmonsbooks, on uh, Instagram, a little bit on TikTok, Facebook. But if you just go to njsimmons.com, you'll find all the links there.
0: Yeah, much, brilliant. Much I'll, I'll leave those in the in the show notes. And thank you for coming on the Words and Pictures podcast. Thank you. Yeah. It's brilliant. been great fun. We could do this all day.
1: questions. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: Now, amazing to talk to Natalie Simmons about all her stuff. I think you'll agree. And uh, obviously wishing her lots of luck for that television series. I really hope that all comes together for her. And it kind of feels like it will. Uh, the book cover is absolutely amazing with this girl's face on it. So do check out um, Natalie's book. Uh, Good Girls Die Last, you can get it in all the usual places. And uh, and I'll leave links for her Amazon page and what have you on the show notes as usual. Okay, so next week, my lovely guest is Caroline Noe. And Caroline writes amusing fantasy fiction um, with a little bit of a twist in it. So uh, do stick around for that, which will be out next Monday. And in the meantime, um, that's it from me. And uh, remember, the Words and Pictures podcast's You can find it on your favourite app and uh, you can ask Alexa and all that kind of thing. And uh, you can also go to my website, which is djbowmansmith.com and uh, you can find show notes on there if you didn't find them on whichever app you picked the podcast up and you wanted to follow through on some of those links. Okay, that's it for me then. Until next time. Bye bye.